Your Health Podcast with Ben Canning and Dave Kennedy. Two guys heading out to hack body, mind, business, and beyond. We are here to provide a single source, bullshit-free guide to understanding your body and how you can live better for longer. Yo, welcome back everybody. I'm Ben Canning. I'm Dave Kennedy. And this is Hacking Your Health Podcast. See, that was really good. See, the, so just so everybody knows, the, the pre-banter chat today, uh, Ben was trying to coax me into doing the the intro because it's going to be about personal trainers and, and what to expect from those types of things. And so he wanted me to do the opening. I'm like, man, but you do it so good. And he was having some confidence issues. I have that same same uh, mixer, by the way. I love this. I know. I know. Yeah. You, I saw you drink it. I was like, I think I fancy one of those. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so he did a great job there. So everybody give him a round of applause. That's listening to the podcast today, uh, on the, the I intro. wish I had the media button so I could actually artificial. Can I do that? Well, we'll oh, try it. Uh, did it. I didn't hear anything. You can't hear it? No. Okay. Well, I can hear it. It's fine. All right. Well, as long as you can hear it. <laughs> Hopefully anyway, here. anyway, anyway, anyway. So this week we're going to do something different. Yeah, this week we're doing something a little bit different. I, you know, I think you know we, we've covered a lot of great topics. We have a lot more to go, and uh, we're going to be bringing some guests on here shortly as well. Um, you know, to give different perspectives and things like that. Um, you know, we, we also want to get some some more women in, involved in this. Obviously, giving their perspectives of, of challenges and struggles that they face. Um, you know, I, I remember when I first uh, started personal training with Ben. I think we had a, 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 a an individual, a woman, come on and talk about period cycles. I learned more about that than I ever thought I would know in my life, which is good actually really, that, that really is interesting to have. It actually yeah, helped me out yeah, yeah. because, you know, you understand like, you know, feelings and how, you know, um, you know, how your body actually works from a, a cycle perspective. It was actually a really interesting uh, discussion. I learned a lot about it, but uh, no, this, this one is, is, is really dedicated around uh, personal trainers and personal training in general. And, you know, the, the way that I like to equate personal trainers for is, you know, let, let's just say you're trying to learn something new. Okay. Uh, and let's just say it's being an electrician. You know, do you go and start messing with wires? Is that is that a good idea, or do you pick well, up a wait. book and maybe learn it? It's probably not a great idea either, especially when you're messing with electricity. You know, or do you you know call an electrician and learn from them, or go to school for being an electrician, or those types of things, right? And so you know, when you look at something like something that is that is so institutionally important from a pillar perspective in your health and longevity of life, you know, getting help from somebody uh, is not a bad thing. Uh, and, and, and getting somebody that, that can hold you account. There's a lot of benefits we'll get into, but holding accountable the knowledge and understanding around nutrition, uh, the ability to, um, you know, change your body in a way that, that makes you successful, understanding your habits, understanding your hurdles, understanding, understanding your challenges, your injuries. You know, there's a lot that goes into what I would consider a, a personal trainer. I think there's the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, in personal training as well, um, you know, like like any industry that you go to, let's just say it's the medical field, you find a horrible doctor. Okay, well, you go and you find a new doctor, right? Um, you're, there's bad personal trainers, there's good personal trainers, and there's everything in between. And you know, when when we talk about um, my journey in personal trainers, uh, you know, I I had, I, I had hit a point of rock bottom, right? You know, where I, I I had tried everything, I had read up on a lot of stuff, I read a lot, um, you know, I. I 
studied as much as I could on my body, nutrition, uh, everything else. I thought I was eating healthy. I thought I was doing the right things, um, you know, to get to where I needed to. And, you know, I was failing in all those different areas, whether it was diets that I was trying or, you know, trying resistance training, but not being specific or not doing it appropriately or right. Um, so, you know, for me, you know, I needed a, a mindset shift or change. And that's when I really, you know, found Ben and I've had a lot of success with Ben because, you know, one of the things that I think you were caught, you, I sent you that message the other day. Um, so someone had asked me on, 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 on discord, you know, Hey, what does Ben provide? And this isn't a, a sales pitch for Ben. I'm just trying to explain like how I became successful with this in hopes that other people can find success in this as well. Um, you know, I, I said, well, listen, if you need somebody that can plan what you eat on a regular basis, as far as, you know, your calories, your macronutrients are on protein, carbohydrates, and fats, somebody that you can text at, you know, 10 o'clock at night and he'll respond back to you in two seconds. You know, someone that, you know, when you're having shit days where you feel like you're not making any type of, of progress or accomplishments, he's there saying, dude, I can tell right now, look at this and look at this. Oh my gosh. You know, you know, pumping you up when you're failing, you know, someone that, that plans your uh, workout routines based on your own schedule. Uh, someone that works around your injuries, you know, someone that is there that has created a community that you can talk to individuals with and, and motivate each other. Um, you know, you know, th these are the things that, that you're looking for in, in a personal trainer. And the, and the guy that I was talking to responded back and he's like, man, he's kind of like the, the LeBron James trainers of, of, of the, the physical fitness industry. Cause you get like everything basically packaged in it. So, and, and that's the thing that I think a lot of people don't understand with personal trainers is that it's not just, Hey, it's going to be your workout regiment. It's, it's everything else that comes along with it, that supports that habits that you're building to make that success successful. So Ben, I want to turn over to you and say, you know, one, you know, talk a little about your journey of getting to be a personal trainer, because I think your own struggles, you know, made you who you are today. Right. And then also, you know, what you do when you start to talk to folks about, you know, coming aboard, uh, what to expect from a personal training experience and kind of that, that onboarding process and how you kind of make people successful throughout their journey and, and talk about failures. Like what, what makes people fail, you know, on these journeys as well. Okay. I'd like to caveat this by saying a conversation around other personal trainers is a very fine line for me. Other personal trainers piss me off no end. So I'm going to try and be as PC. <laughs> yeah, as possible, as possible. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of things in the industry as a whole that piss me off. And I think the, the underlying issue is it's so easy to go and get your qualification and people see it as a, it's like, adult education you basically pay for the qualification whenever i did mine there was people in the in the class that failed so you fail you go and sit with the instructor they tell you the questions you failed on give you the answers and then you reset the test basically until you pass it so i'm pretty sure i did my my qualification over like a six-week period and you do that and then all of a sudden people then trust you with their health and their fitness and their well-being because you have this I'm a PT badge all of a sudden or you're wearing a fucking Under Armour quarter zip and people like look up to you as if you're like the holy grail of health and fitness. Um, and I think one of the biggest things with that is people, people take that, like coaches or PTs take that for granted and it's something that I never did that like if you're coming to me and you're trusting me with your health and your fitness and your well-being, they're not things to be taken lightly and you need to sort of recognize that in a person, you know, with coaching and with personal training and with programming, even just 
workouts, there's a lot of considerations that you need to take and there's a lot of things you need to look into because truth be told, you could really fuck someone up if if you didn't go about it in the in the right way. And that's where I often see people or coaches fail because they have these cookie cutter programs and, you know, they look at you and be like, okay, right, you're a, a male, blah, 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 you fit into this box, here's your workout, without even taking anything else into consideration. I think that's often where where people uh, where people go wrong. For me, my journey, so I, I have always only been coached online. I've never really been coached face-to-face. And I mean, full disclosure, I remember whenever I worked with JP, so at Train by JP on all social media platforms, if you look him up. I just bought some of his, his rice, by the way. The cream of rice? The cream, cream of rice, rice yeah, is yeah. actually really yeah. good. Yeah, 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 really, really good. Um, so for me, he was training the best of the best at the time. Like it was, I mean, it'll, it'll probably coming on eight years yeah, I think it'd be eight years in February. And I was like, I mean, I want to be coached by the best. Like, I mean, I was a skinny guy, but he's coaching these fucking massive bodybuilders. And this guy, if you Google him right now, he is enormous. Like, he's the, he, his goal is always to be the tallest or the, the the biggest short person in the room. So he's a short guy, but he's wide. So anyway, long story short, um, he coached me for about a year. And I was like, this online coaching gig seems easy. Like, all he does is send me an email every week and I'm paying him X amount of money per month. Like... I want a bit of this, like I want the freedom. I have the sort of knowledge now that I want to be able to help people, you know, for me, overcoming the shit show that I was in um, through just out partying and everything that came along with that life and, and me being able to transition into focusing on myself and improving myself and my health and my fitness. I was like, if I can if I can do it for myself, I can definitely help people. And I was like, online's the way to go because I mean, I get to work with anyone in the world, blah, 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 blah. blah. So, I hated my job that I was in at the minute or at the time. Um, I actually was in London one weekend. It was June, I think, 2016, I'm going to say. Um, and I remember coming out of on Oxford Street and literally across the street from, I don't know if I've ever told you this story, but literally across the street from me, there was a homeless guy, sleeping bag, begging for money, whatever. And just above him, spray painted on the wall in silver spray paint. I remember it clear as day. It said, quit your day job. I was like, I mean, if there's ever a sign that I need, it's there in front yeah, of me. So yeah. I literally emailed there and then. I was like, look, blah, blah, blah. I haven't been happy. I'm not coming back. And then go back. And I was like, right, now's the time. I'll have the, the freedom to go back and study and do everything I need to do. Literally just quit my job. Didn't have a plan. Obviously, it's all worked out and that's fine. Um, so I went, did my qualification. And I was like, oh, shit, right, what now? Uh, so there's a lot of people who in the industry who think that you don't necessarily need to coach face-to-face to be an online coach. Which may be the case, but for me, I wanted to learn more about people. I wanted to interact with people. I wanted to be able to see how they moved, see what they struggled with before I transitioned that into an online basis. Worked on the gym floor for probably three and a half years. And it was always the goal for me to move fully online after five years, which would have been December just past. I was obviously brought ahead of time due to global shit show. Um, so after three and a half years, I moved fully online and here we are now today. When, when you talk That's about online versus in person, you know, what do you think are the big nuances there? You know, for, for me, I was really nervous going with you being in the UK, right? Because, you know, like I'm like, well, when you think of a personal trainer, you have somebody there supporting your arms as you're going through and, you know, doing all these, these movements. But one thing that I've, you know, that I've realized is that whenever I have a form issue or, you know, whatever, I literally just take a video of myself doing it. And I send it to you and then I get the feedback instantly. And honestly, I think that's been more successful for me than somebody being there because I have to course correct myself. Um, and, and those to me feel like they're more, um, 
ingrained when I do that versus somebody telling me while I'm there going to do it because I feel like, well, he's just going to tell me that every time so I can just, you know, do whatever and then I'll, I'll course correct as I go through. So I, w- I was really nervous on the online stuff of, of, you know, hey, I don't have somebody in person, you know, trying to beat my ass, you know, at, at the gym or those types of things. But, you know, I, I'll tell you, um, it's actually been more convenient for me being online than it has been not because one, you know, if you're a personal trainer that meets you at a gym, you know, one, you're committed to that time. And my day is insane. So like sometimes I can't get to the gym at 1230 or one o'clock or whatever, you know, um, like last night, you know, I had just a, a really busy day. I had to go um, over to binary defense and, and have a meeting there. I had to, you know, I got my haircuts, you know, I, which is really important. But then I had like meetings all day long. They're just back to backs. And then as soon as I got done, I had to go take Morgan and my daughter to, you know, softball practice. And so I got home at like, you know, seven o'clock at night and I went and got my, my lift in afterwards. Right. So, you know, I think schedule wise, something with online, it makes it much easier for me. And I feel like I know you better than if we've never met, we're going to meet in March in person, but like, I don't, I'm, you know, the only thing I'm worried about is you're going to be a, a, a short guy that, 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 that would, that would mess me up. That would mess me up. But I know you're a six foot something. So we're I'm, good, like, but. I'm like, sometimes I move my desk like this and I'm like, just so I look slightly, slightly taller. If, if I met Ben oh, and he was like five foot four, I'd be like, listen, man, we can't be friends anymore. You know? But, <laughs> no, but, I'm not. Thankfully, I'm not a short guy. Nothing against short people. But well, when I'm you got cardboard Ben, I was like, is he, this, is he this short? Like, you know, like. <laughs> I specific, I, I'm nearly sure that I specifically put my height in. Maybe the fucked it up somewhere along the line, I'll, I'll be taller than Car- Carver Ben. You'll be before. taller. Car- Cardi, Cardi B is the new Cardi, Cardi yeah. Ben, Cardi Ben. Uh, but no, like, well, what's your perspective of, of online versus in person, you know, from, from having gone from both of those, like what are the benefits, pros and cons? Um, so what I will say is one-to-one is for a specific type of person and online is for another type of person. There, there definitely is something for everything in that. If I speak about one-to-one first, the benefits of having somebody there one to one it's actually almost what you're saying is is the negative that people if they commit to a time they will go whereas some people don't have like if they don't commit to a time and they're not there they'll not necessarily go and the other side of it as well is you can be a bit more hands-on so i tend to find that people who are maybe just starting out or maybe nervous about the gym or anxious or just don't want to be in that environment when you are there with them they feel a lot more comfortable because you're stood there beside them. So they feel like, you know, nobody's watching them. They know what they're doing. They don't freak out about anything. So I definitely think that that side of it definitely helps a lot of people. For me, from a selfish perspective, exactly what you're saying from a time standpoint, I'm not limited in terms of my time or I'm not fixed in terms of my time. So the goal for me with, with business and with work was always to have the freedom. And now I have the freedom in terms of like, I don't have anything really scheduled unless it's calls and whatever else, but I'm not fixed to specific times. Um, online, again, for me, thinking about it in a um, selfish perspective, it obviously allows me to work with people all over the world, which you don't get, you know, standing face to face. So I get to speak to a lot of more people. You know, I had a couple of calls this morning with guys in Australia, as I said to you before. And it's actually funny that you have touched on this because the guy asked me, he was like, so, you know, is there anything that you sort of think that there's like roadblocks or friction whenever it comes to online versus one-to-one. And I think truth be told, whenever I first started online, there probably were a lot of things that I needed to iron out, but obviously over time as the sort of how I do things and how the, the business has developed, I've sort of ironed those out. So the biggest one is what you're saying, you know, form and technique. And I can't, I can't, I can't hit this home enough to anybody who's listening, who is a client of mine, 
please listen to this please listen to this please please send me the videos because even what i i posted at the weekend those two videos of a single arm dumbbell row and a seated row you commented yourself and like oh i haven't really been doing those properly and i'm like this is why we need the videos so the one thing that that i was worried about was the form and technique and obviously we have overcome that in terms of videos and and actually enjoy the videos because i enjoy being able to pull them up the screen pause drawing them albeit the lines are never straight but i enjoy that part of of what i do the other side i was worried about whenever i moved online was the community aspect because it was easier on the gym floor because people could see other people training with me everybody was wearing bc training hoodies it, it actually it was funny for me. I remember walking in the gym one day and I think there were six of my clients there wearing BC training hoodies and like six people in the one gym seemed like quite a lot. And I was like, fuck, I've really taken over this place. Um, but from, from the community side of things, it was easy because generally people trained at the same time. So, you know, if you had a, somebody in before or after, you sort of knew who it was and they would train together and whatever else. And I always knew, as we spoke about before, that the community side of things was a massive. Now, obviously, again, we've been able to do that with weekly group calls, which again is another byproduct of global shit show that we were sort of forced into and now we have the weekly group calls and i wouldn't miss them for the world um, and then obviously we have the what's branded as the family chat which again you know it's more active than ever obviously it's moved over to discord and whatever else so that we have that in terms of painfully to, painfully moved over yeah. there's <laughs> chris finally it's a, no i think everybody no no <laughs> yeah, i'm just saying chris he, was the <laughs> yeah yeah he did he did he moaned about it um but yeah in terms of like from a client perspective the benefits it's just a, a a what do you need kind of thing do you need someone there standing and this is where i get a bit like i guess on my high horse i'm like do you need someone standing or counting your reps beside you physically in the gym or do you need the accountability to go and get the stuff done and then everything else that i will look at you know from a, a check-in perspective and whatever else i find that i have had more success with clients online than i did one-to-one -one because Whenever I was working one to one, it got to the stage where I wouldn't work with you unless I was seeing you at least twice a week. So I saw you twice a week, which is fine. And you do build a good relationship with people because there's no other sort of place or time that you have an hour with just one person that there's no distractions. You know, nobody's on their phone. It's just about you and that other person. So you do build a good relationship with those people. But a lot of shit goes, a lot of shit goes unnoticed whenever you're just in that situation. So we didn't have the same check in procedure that we have now. So, you know, I wasn't as on top of food. I wasn't as on top of sleep, nutrition, everything on top of it. So for me, I get a lot more and you guys get a lot more from the online, the check-ins and all the data that we look at. I think it's, you know, you, you, I want to hit uh, two really important points here with what you said. Uh, one is, you know, if you're if you're the type of person that, that needs somebody there yelling and screaming at you, then in-person probably makes sense, right? Um, but if you're taking control of your habits and you're building your habits yourself, online is great because it, it allows your flexibility of, of schedule. And, you know, uh, I'll tell you, I, I finally got my first incline bench press perfected uh, after a year and a half of working with Ben. Right. So, you know, form and technique is is extremely important uh, as you go through it. And I want to emphasize you know, you do need somebody to go through that form and technique because if you're not doing appropriate form and technique, one, you're not going to get the, the the type of muscle uh, contraction that you need in the isolation of that muscle group. But two, you're probably going to hurt yourself pretty bad. Um, and, and those are the two things that you really want to obviously ensure that you're doing from a muscle contraction perspective, as well as 
preventing injuries and, and working around injuries that you may have. So Ben knows me. I, I have a lower left uh, back issue as well as a left shoulder issue. And we've been able to develop the training programs around those issues, right? Um, you know, whether that's getting different types of equipment um, that I use. So I use a, you know, a belt squat instead of uh, doing, you know, uh, back squats or front squats. I do, you have a Kabuki cabaret bar that um, allows me to do a neutral grip bench press versus a barbell bench press, which has completely alleviated the tension on my shoulders. So you know, having somebody there that can help you navigate your own body, I think is, is really important. But the one, one piece I want to really hit on that, Ben is very modest about um, is is the tribe that is created with people and communities like that, uh, especially online. So you know the the community that that Ben has created um, is is awesome because there there are people that are going through similar experiences, right? Uh, similar struggles, and there was a, a there was a call that we had. I think it was like last week or the week before. It was the week before, and you know everybody had. Uh, shared their Christmas stories. Right. And, and, and a lot of folks were like super strict, you know, like I didn't do this. I didn't go over my calories. You know, I focused on this and I did that. And then you had folks that, that lost it a little bit, right. That, that, you know, went out and they, they felt like crap because they, you know, enjoyed the holidays and everything else. And, you know, we're all supportive there, but the, the best part about it was they got back up and they went right back into the good habits. Again, the whole purpose of this is to have more days where you have a better habit than bad habits. And, you know, seeing them bounce back after, you know, engorging themselves on food and, and enjoying the holiday festivities as we do um, and coming back to that community that didn't judge them in any way or shame them in any way and was promoting them saying, listen, we all do that, you know, like, like, cool, you gain three pounds, but you've lost 20 in the past month. So, you know, the past few months. So, like, who cares? Like, now go lose those three pounds and then lose 10 more, you know, like, like that, that's what we do here, you know, and. And so I think that the community aspect of things can can uh, really make a big difference because you're you're sharing your experiences with others. And you know it's funny because I see like Nigel and Jason and those guys, and and they're going through the same things that I went through. You know, like I, and I can see it too. Like you know, like you know, and, and they're just seeing the success and the, the the benefits of 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 the reward of what they're doing. You know, Dane did out. Heath is another great example of that. Chris, obviously, a great example. A number of folks on there, but you know, they're 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 seeing the benefits there. And I remember, you know seeing them when they first came in, they're like, I'm not seeing changes. I don't feel like I'm getting better. And I would say the same thing. I'm like, man, I'm not seeing changes. I don't feel like I'm getting better. And all of a sudden, like I look back at me too. I'm like, ah, like I got muscles everywhere. You know, it's like, you know, um, so it's, it's one of those things where I think, you know, a supportive community where you have your struggles, but also, you know, like Ben, you know, like I, I've, I text you, you know, Hey, I've had a really shit day, you know, you know, this and that or whatever. And you're like, dude, you know, hey, it's a shit day. It's fine. Like, like let's let's make today, let's make tomorrow a better day, or let's you know focus on this. Or why are you feeling like shit? You know, you you care about the success of everybody else, which I think can't be stated enough. Like, if you find a personal trainer, they need to care about you. They need to care about your success, and they want you know. Like, I feel like for you, like how I get competitive around my own self with with training. I feel like you're competitive with yourself on how much you can push folks in in the positive direction and caring that way. You know, that's a, a sign of your success equally, you know, as, as your health and everything else is. So, you know, maybe talk a little bit about, about why do you care about people first and foremost? And two, you know, th that, that, that inner relationship that you start to develop with folks, um, over time that, you know, become friends, you know, what everything else, but you know, you, you, you really develop those relationships to make them successful, I think, in, in, in their journey in this health uh, fitness uh, thing. 
Yeah, there's two things I want to point out about the group that I really enjoy. And the the first thing is, there's obviously so many people from so many different places who do so many different things, but it's like none of that really matters whenever they're in the group. So there's business owners, there's you know high flyers, there's whoever in the group, but all that's left at the door and they're just there for one reason and it's improved themselves from a health and fitness perspective. And I think that that is a really cool aspect of it. The other thing as well is, is people being able to share their experience and share their perspective. So I try and touch on this quite a lot whenever I'm having initial coaching calls with people that I can, if you come to me with a question, I can give you my answer as a coach, but there's potentially 10 or 15 other people within the group or in the community that can give their real life, like, this is how I got over it as me, you know, within the past couple of months. And exactly what you're saying, it's funny, I was talking to Chris, I think about this a couple of weeks ago, like you, you can see people at different stages of their journey and you sort of being further on in it can recognize the different stages, but it's almost like as new people come in, the people who've been in there for a couple of months sort of take that, that reign of like, Oh, I know how you're going. I know how you're feeling. And you know, this will happen and you'll feel this for a couple of months and blah, blah, blah. And, and they'll sort of talk it out. And it's good to sort of see that progression. So I think having people at different stages is definitely a cool part of the, the group and of the community as well. In terms of why I care about people, I think number one, and I mean, full disclosure, I'm not a people person, which I know sounds ridiculous given the job that I do, but I'm not a people person on a whole, but whenever I become committed to a person who has come on board as a client, like I will do everything I can to make sure that person succeeds in whatever it is. And for me, it's knowing what the possibilities are whenever you take control of your life from a health and fitness perspective. And the best thing about my job and what I do is seeing people achieve things that they would never thought would be possible. Like there, there, to me, there is no better feeling. So there's that alongside the improvement in terms of their health, whether that's, you know, the data that we're looking at or whether that's what their doctors are saying or whether that's, you know, literally life changing things. So for me, if you invest in me from a financial perspective as your coach, I will literally invest in you in any way, shape or form that I can from a time perspective to make sure that you succeed in this journey. And I'm not a person that will work with every single person. Like if I don't get a good vibe for the person on the initial coaching call, I'll just say, look, I don't think it's a good fit. I can recommend people if you want. Um, and I think they need to sort of be able to fit within the community. And I tend to get a pretty good feel with that with people straight off the bat. Um, and for me, I guess the current side of things is the coaches that I respect within the industry and there's not many that I follow what they do because I feel like you can get a lot lost um, in your own coaching but there's a, pe- there's a handful that I do and I look at them and, and what they do and I'm like that to me is a proper coach and that to me is someone who actually gives a shit and there's so many different levels of PT and coaching and whatever but for me I always try and go over and above and I don't just look at you know here's your training, here's your nutrition, blah, blah, blah. I actually care about you guys as humans and, you know, really take the time to actually get to know and understand you. And, you know, you're talking about the friendship you build. Like one of my good friends, Jason, Jason was one of my first ever clients and it'll be coming up to probably five years this month whenever he started um, coaching me. Obviously it was one-to-one and, you know, nice fucking guy you ever meet in your life. And I obviously built, you know, a lifelong friendship with him just from him coming on board as a client. But you build up this relationship and you have conversations that you don't necessarily have with other people. You know, you talk about injuries, you talk about struggles. And especially as men, we generally don't really talk about our struggles to other people. So having somebody that 
you can come to me and like, oh, I'm struggling with this and I can either relate or give you advice on it. You generally don't have those conversations in, in other places. So I think that's why you build such strong bonds and relationships with people. Well, I think, you know, um, you'd mentioned the the type of online personal trainers where you don't actually meet face to face. Right. And I know like and this is not a knock on Jeff Nippert and those guys, but Nippert, you can go online and they have like their personal trainer you know, thing, right. And they have their programs they have, but you also can hire Jeff Nippert as a personal trainer, which you never could talk to him. I guarantee it. Um, you know, it's one of those things where you probably have check-ins and things like that, but you're never face to face. So for me, you know, when, when I was looking at this, this journey of how, how do I become successful? I knew that I didn't know what I needed to know to be successful, right? I needed the tools, uh, to, to be able to build myself around this, this, this healthy lifestyle and habit. I needed somebody to teach me that, right? Very similarly to how you're taught how to be a computer programmer or how you're taught to learn business in school. You know, I needed somebody that that had gone through this with other people and had had success. So, you know, obviously, success criteria is one piece of that, right? So, have you had folks that you've had success with before in the past? And two, you know, would there be somebody there that I can learn off of to instill these these principles into my day to day life to be successful with all this? And and that's where I think the face to face really comes into place. And you know, for me, the the community aspects is the the motivation. The ability for me to to be able to reach out to you anytime is is you know very good from a response perspective. If I have questions or I need something, you know, like where I'm checking form or things to that effect, um, you know, so you know all of those things combined plus the system that you built, which you know the the you know we don't talk a lot about you know the 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 weekly check ins and things to that effect, but I think that's important to say you know like like how do how do we prove results right? How do we prove that you know you are getting to your desired state, which takes time to get there, right? You know, this isn't something that, hey, you hire a personal trainer and then you have a shredded six pack in two weeks. You know, this is something that takes time to build, you know, to get to a certain point to be able to develop this. And so I think, you know, um, maybe talk a little bit about the the program behind it and why that's equally important from the relationship piece of it, but also the tracking. Because I think one of the biggest things that I really struggled with, especially earlier on, was, you know, am I making progress? Is this actually working? I, I, I second guessed you many times. Like he's fucking crazy because he wants me to eat, you know, 2,500 calories. And why are we increasing calories when I want to lose weight? And why are we doing this and that? I'm like, does this guy even know what he's really doing? And, you know, truth be told, you knew exactly what you were doing the entire time and how to get to that point. And, you know, it's that leap of faith aspect that I think is really important. But the data also, you know, you look historically back at the data and, you know, my, Initial perception, and this is, I think, everybody's perception is I need to lose weight, right? Like the scale is the Bible, right? And and truth be told, if you want to get to what you want to look like from a desired perspective, the scale is not the Bible. You know, your body is your body and how your body looks and how you feel is is the truth, right? The scale lies to you all the time. You know, and, and the reason why it lies to you is you know, you gain more muscle, it equates to more weights, which means that. Hey, you know, we dropped down to, you know, 200 pounds or whatever, and I wasn't happy with what I like. I want to look big, you know? So how do we get to that point? Well, we have to go up and wait. So I'm 230 now, right? Or 226, I'll be in check-in. But, you know, you know, how do I get to the points where I want to continuously increase my muscle mass? Well, you have to put on pounds somewhere. Like if you have more muscle, what does that mean? You're not going to magically stay at 200 pounds. So, you know, you're a bigger boy, you know, you, you eat more food, you get more muscle. That's That's how that works. So, you know, I think the the system behind that, and, and you know, I, I remember the the you know, so as part of the check in, you have, you know, your weekly photos, so you have a front and back um, that you typically have, and I remember there was, I was, I think it was, I think I was six months in, and I said, man, I just don't, I don't feel like I'm getting big, man, like I don't feel like I'm getting muscle, and you're like, listen, 
And you, and you sent me that side by side. I'm like, look at Dave week one and look at Dave at six months. I'm like, oh shit. Like that's, that's a different person. You know, that's only in six months. That's really like, that's, that's okay. I'm, I'm an idiot, but like talk a little bit about the process and the, the cause it, it is a, a, a mind F quite a bit be, when we're going through this, because you know, like it's, it's counter of what we think, right? Because the initial, you know, when you start with a personal trainer, you're expecting to hear, well, Hey, you're going to eat, you know, leaves and kale all day long. You're going to be doing, you know, cardio 16 days a week. Uh, and you're going to have to sleep eight, you know, eight hours. And then you're going to have to do this and 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 this diet and this, and then we're going to eventually move to keto. Then we're going to switch to paleo. Then we're going to be a vegan. And then we're going to do this. Right. And that's your perception of like this, this whole system. But, you know, truth be told, you know, you, you know, your approach obviously, which, you know, is, is a really good one. And it's one that I think, you know, a lot of folks can, can, can learn from is listen, resistance training to lose the weight, right? Some cardio in there, burn the calories, get yourself into a good, you know, body position then build from there. Right. And that's, I think really the, 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 the approach that is sustainable long-term, if you want to drop 50 pounds in three weeks, well, you know, you can eat dirt and grass all day long and do that, but it's not going to be sustainable and you're going to feel like shit. You're going to look like shit afterwards, you know, the whole skinny fat uh, syndrome that you're looking at. But, um, all of those things, I think, you know, talk a little bit about the system, the approach and like what people go through, you know, during the initial phases of that. And plus the, the, the mind F that you go through as, as you start to change. I would definitely, well, actually one thing I will say, I think the, the community and the group has definitely been a game changer in terms of what you're talking about, thinking that I've lost the fucking plot in terms of, you know, that's people true. Going. That's very true. But he's, in, he's increasing my, like, and you've seen it over time and time again, and people coming in and being like, I'm really not sure. Like, I don't know. And, you know, Jane, she's be like, oh, I don't really trust you. And I'm like, I mean, <laughs> right. This is kind of a fucked up relationship. If you don't trust me. Um, but yeah, I definitely think the group, because, you know, someone would come to that problem and, you know, 10 people would be like, no, no, I thought, I thought the CM just trust it, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So for me, whenever I look at a client and I'll always ask what they've done before and what they feel like they had success in and blah, 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 blah. And the reason that I don't see what they had done before as successful, whether they lost weight or not, is because they've bounced back and they've now come to me. So it, it to me, it was not a success. And what I try and do is find a way that I can fit this into their life that they can do long term. And just from experience and, and over time, the best way that I can do that is look at what they're doing now and just slightly improve it. I don't need to come in and just flip their whole life upside down because it's too much change. People have other shit going on, work, family, life. And for me to go and start fucking with all these things, it's not going to be good for anybody involved. So what I like to do is look at a lot of different data points and work on fine margins with each of them. So what I mean by that is I'm not one that means that you have to overly restrict calories. It doesn't mean you do, as you said, 16 days of cardio a week. What we do is we put your calories in a good position that you're maybe in a slight deficit to begin with. We give you a step goal that's manageable and not too far from what you're doing at the minute. So. If you come to me and you're only doing 2,000 steps, I'm not going to tell you you need to do 10,000 steps the next day. We'll gradually build up to it. The same thing with cardio. We'll start with 40 minutes across the week or 60 minutes across the week. And we just use that as a start point. And then we refine week on week. We'll bring your calories either up or down, depending on what your body's responding. And the same with your steps and the same with your cardio. And the reason that I like doing those things is because it gives us room to play with. So it's not extremes one way or the other. I'll never make massive changes, as you said, and as we've seen before. And I think for me... There's sometimes I wish you moved a little bit faster on calories, but it's okay. It's okay. It makes sense. <laughs> 
But the reason that I don't is because your body can't adapt that quickly. So if I went to you, okay, right, let's take 500 calories off, your body would be like, what the no, fuck? No, it's 100% like, true. And, and, and I see that for sure, 100%. Especially because you want to maintain muscle mass as well. So if I, we need, there's a fine line there that we need to just ride the wave. Um, so yeah, from that, and then obviously, as I said before, you know, I manage nutrition simply through my fitness pile, I'll give a calorie goal and a protein goal. The reason that I don't look at fats and carbs is because I find myself whenever I had those specific numbers, number one, I never hit them. I think I hit them exactly one time in my whole training career. And I find myself at night, like looking at, okay, I've got three grams of protein. I've got six grams of fat and I've got 16 grams of carbs. And I was creating these fucking weird meals that I just didn't need to have. And we don't need to go with that in depth. <laughs> the flip side of that is, it gives me somewhere to go with someone if we hit a plateau. So, you know, if we're only man managing calories and protein to begin with, six months down the line, if I start to hit a plateau, it means that I have more tools to throw at it instead of being like, oh, well, that's all I know. Like I can't, you know, that we just need to do more cardio and then everybody starts to freak out. Um, so that's what I look at from a nutrition perspective. As I said a million times over, you know, if we need to go a bit more in depth in it and we need to sit down and build out a plan together, we can do that. But I find that just tracking and educating everybody about food is something that then they can be able to carry on with me. And I said this actually on the call earlier on, like my goal for anybody is to educate them to the point that they don't need to work with me anymore, which is a fucking stupid business model. But it definitely is something that, you know, if you have the education that you can continue to do this for the rest of your life, then that's to me what the whole thing's about. The training aspect is obviously, I've said before, it's managed through True Coach. For me, it just was the best software at the time to, you know, make sure that you could see the videos of what you were doing. You could see the sets, the reps, the tempo and the notes. It's based around what you have equipment wise, what you have time wise, and just whatever the goal is. As we said a million times over, I tend to start in the same place with a lot of people unless give them full body workouts because given where they're at at a start point, unless it needs to be something totally different, but you yeah. can get the most done in a shorter space of time across the week. Then the main part is the check-in sheet. And the check-in sheet, to be fair, has grown and grown and grown over time. Yeah. It wasn't what it was. And you've seen it in, oh, yeah. in the time working with me as well. Um, and for me, it's just about data and it's about having those data points. And the best thing about it is if you come to me and be like, oh, you know, haven't lost any weight this week and go right. Okay. Well, you've lost X amount of centimeters in your waist and your hips. We've also improved in X, Y, and Z. You've been sleeping better. Your stress levels are X, Y, and Z. So there's so many different aspects to this that we can look at. And it means that, you know, we're not just looking at progress from one point. Yes, the scales will fuck you up because you can't yeah. trust them, but they still do play a part in what we're doing. And obviously I will still, I will still look at the data and look at the information. And the funny thing about it is like, obviously when we started, you came to me because you wanted to lose weight. You're now, 10 pounds heavier i think or 20 20 pounds heavier than when we first started yeah 10 pounds heavier than when we first started and like you know over that time what we had to do to go down and to come back up again yeah. and the thing about it is like you said you there's no other in my opinion there's no other place that you have that much information or that much data that you can look back on and because you're looking at yourself every single day you will look and you're like oh i haven't really made much progress so then it's easy to just pull up pictures from six months ago a year ago four months ago whatever it is put them side by side and go, holy shit, that's me in both those pictures and see the difference side by side. So for me, it's about having data, it's about having the information. And it means for me as a coach making changes that I can base it on the data and on the information rather than basing it on your emotion. So if you come to me with your check-in today and you're pissed off because of X, Y, and Z, that's gonna come across in your check-in. And it would be easy for me to get caught up in that emotion and make changes just based on the emotion because you're feeling a certain way. 
Whereas if I can rationalize it with numbers and data, show you what it is and be like, look, look at this, 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 and this, we're going to stay as is. I really think for another week, we'll be able to make progress based on what we're doing. And having the data and information is key to that rather than just going off emotion because it can end up being a total shit show. Well, I think, I think there's two things that you hit right there too is, um, you know, I think, you know, it, it, you know, if you're in a financial position to be able to, to have a, uh, personal trainer, that's that's important, right? Because um, not everybody has access to it. But even if you can do a personal trainer for a short period of time, whether that's three or six months, uh, to help you kind of establish a baseline. One thing I'll say about um, me and why I continue on with a personal trainer, obviously you, Ben, um, is is those comfort zone areas. For, for one, I learn something new every single day, whether that's a new lift or a new technique, like you just introduced me to the six by fives. Um, you know, so, I mean, you know, like different things of, of messing around, um, and, uh, and so, you know, I think the, the biggest thing for me is my comfort zone, uh, pieces, right? I would never be where I'm at today without having a personal trainer involved. Like there's, there's no question, you know, I would never have pushed myself up in weights. I would have tried to build muscle and try to be in a deficit and try to stay at 200 pounds. Um, you know, and you know, all of these things I think would be, you know, something that I would really struggle with and taking me out of my comfort zone. And, and we've had those discussions before. I'm like, Ben, I don't think we're going in the right direction. You're like, we're going in the right direction. Don't worry. Like, I got this. I'm like, oh, fuck. Okay. You know, like, all right, let's do this. You know, and, and it's interesting is, you know, I, I get, I get on the scales, um, today and, um, you know, I, I don't even care about the scale. Like, I, I, just, I don't like, yeah, I would like to see a couple pounds come off here or there, you know, you know, but at the end of the day, like, you know, I was at the, I was just a story from yesterday. You know, I, I was at the gym yesterday and I was doing rack pulls and I noticed my total volume increasing. I noticed my muscles are larger. You know, I noticed that when I take my shirt off, I, you know, I look great. You know, I noticed all of these different things that, that that's exactly what I wanted to get out of this. And the scale to me is irrelevant. Like, you know, it, if I gain five pounds, but I had five pounds of muscle, that's fucking awesome. You know, like I'll take that, right. You know, if I'm 250 pounds and I'm just a sheer rock, you know, that, that's, that's great. So, you know, I think, you know, when, when the comfort zone aspect of things is something that I really struggled with of pushing myself in those directions because I never would have done it. You know, I, I would have I, I would have absolutely stayed in a caloric deficit, you know, as long as I possibly could. Well, first of all, I wouldn't even know how to put myself in a caloric deficit without without being obviously with you uh, or, you know, the macronutrients or what I should be eating, what I shouldn't be eating. But, but you know, putting myself in a caloric deficit um, and I would have stayed there forever. Right. I would have stayed at, you know, 2300 calories probably for the rest of my life. And, I you know, I probably would have been lean and had some muscle, but I, there's no way that I would have ever been able to continue on this journey the way that we have and to continue to grow the way that we have in such a short time too. I mean, you look at my transformation in a year and a half. I mean, that's a, that's a fucking great transformation in a year and a half. I'm nowhere near where I want to be at either. You know, like, you know, like we got, a, we got many more years to go on this, on this stuff. So, you know, it's quite the noodle yeah. that is from my own personal experience. You never will be. Yeah. There is no like, okay, you'll maybe be leaner, but then you'll be like, oh, I want to be bigger. And then you get bigger and you're like, oh, I want to be leaner. And you go around this endless mind fuck that you're never happy with, with how you look. So you need to take the time and the points to recognize the progress that you have made from point A to point B. But also remember that the goalpost will always change. Do you know what I mean? So you'll get to the point that in your head now you think is the goal and you'll be like, ah, oh, I could just be maybe, you know, 10 pounds more muscle or blah, 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 or whatever it is. And I've actually had this conversation a couple of times recently where people who are in the similar sort of phase that you were in, in in terms of trying to bulk and put on muscle, that they get to a certain point and they're like, oh, I don't know, like I'm getting a bit too much body fat. I can't see my abs as much. I can't see the veins in my bottom abs and they're freaking out. And this is something that I can relate to because I've been that person for so long. Yeah. And I'm like, look, 
one of my biggest things, not a regret, but if I could go back and change things is flittering between those two, trying to get bigger and then thinking, oh shit, I'm too fat. And then trying to get leaner and being like, all right, I want to be bigger. Like going back and forth between those. If I had have just committed to a year of trying to put on as much muscle as possible and then cut down, I could do the, I could do the process much more gradual from that point. But I would always get to a certain point and be like, oh, I just, I'm too, you know, I'm carrying too much body fat, which is fucking ridiculous because I maybe had four abs instead of six abs. <laughs> I grew up. But it's definitely, there's a lot of mental barriers now. And I know that's something that you have, have oh, yeah. dealt with as well in terms of because of the weight and because of sort of where you came from. And then when the weight starts to go back up, there's that like, is this the fucking right thing to do? And you're like freaking the fuck out. And the other point that I would like to make on that is, you know, you can't stay in a calorie deficit forever and that's something that people don't realize because your body will start to adapt to it and your body will start to like on a very minute level start to shut down different functions that it doesn't need to do so i've talked about this before in terms of like if you're a person that fidgets like you've seen me play about with this pen if i wasn't eating as many calories my body would just start to shut those things down automatically and you would just move less which means if i'm actually moving less i'm not as animated whenever i'm talking i'm not burning as many calories so then i need to eat less calories so you need to get to a point where you're like right okay i've maxed out this calorie deficit and this is something i'm dealing with with chris as well i was like look we've pushed this far enough we need to start bringing calories back up and then he's the same he's like but i wanted to get to this weight blah 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 blah. and i'm like i know i know i know so we started pushing calories back up and he started fucking losing weight because he had more energy he was more yeah. animated back and it's that like this is literally the opposite of what i've known my entire life but it's fucking working, so I'm just going to run with it. So that, that to me, those two things um, are hard things to overcome mentally for sure. Well, you know, I think some of it was a, a confidence issue in me too. So when we were pushing calories for the, you know, when we were kind of bulking up a bit, you know, trying to add as much muscle mass as possible, you know, we got to the 3,000 calorie mark, right? Which, you know, was, was a lot of food. I was a professional eater. But at the same but time, it's a psychological number too. It, it is. So if you were eating 2,900 calories, you were fine with it. And then all of a sudden, because it's 3,000, 3, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, fuck, it's so many. It's so much. <laughs> Um, but you know, but but the thing that was crazy, you know, the thing that I, I was concerned with about that with myself was, um, wait, was it three thousand or four thousand calories? Well, we got the three thousand, then we got the four thousand. Yeah, yeah. So we had four thousand eventually. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, so yeah, I had yeah. four thousand eventually, um, which is crazy. Like I was eating all the time, but you know, like when we got to that point and we we're eating four thousand calories, um, you know, like my biggest concern was. Mentally, I'd turn back into Fat Dave again, right? Because I was consuming so much food. Would I have the constraints and control to be able to shrink that food down again to get to a perspective of where I'm at? And and we've obviously had a lot of success with that because, and it, it was actually a little bit of a struggle, and not not from a sense of I couldn't do it. It's just you know your body gets used to eating four thousand calories, and then you're eating like thirty five hundred calories, then you're eating like three thousand calories, then you're eating like you know, and, and this is gradual over many months, but now you're at you know twenty seven hundred calories. But that gradual approach actually has helped out so much because, you know, when you shave 100 calories, I don't notice it at all. You know, like I, I don't feel it at all. And but I'll tell you, when I was eating 4,000 calories, the amount of energy that you have with 4,000 calories, like you can do anything in this world uh, with with 4,000 calories. Um, you know, but uh, with uh, with with the shrinking of 2,700 calories, I still my, my workout routines are 100% spot on. I'm hitting new PRs. I'm increasing mass. Uh, total volume is increasing. I'm killing it at, at Orange Theory. So. You know, it's just this ebbs and flows of your body. But the, the the biggest sticking point for me was, could I go back to, you know, you know, maintenance or caloric deficit without, you know, a massive struggle and fight with my internal fat Dave self that I've I've traditionally had in the past? And and you know, you, 
building those habits out and gradually doing it slowly and gradually tapering it back has worked wonders for me to be able to get through those those barriers and hurdles in my own mind. So I have confidence in myself that you know if we did a, a year bulking phase, I would go back to you know not bulking and fine, no issue whatsoever, right? I have the confidence in myself to be able to do that. Now, you know, I like what you said the other day. I sent you that that picture. Um, you know, of where I was at, like from a, a lean perspective. And uh, you said, you know, we can pretty much maintain this type of look, you know, consistently throughout the year, you know, while continuing to build muscle mass, which I, I really liked a lot. So, you know, I'm at a good state right now where I really like, you know, the gains that I'm getting muscular muscle wise, as well as, you know, the calories and the food that I'm able to eat. Uh, the other day, I just had two sloppy Joe, you know, big meat, meat things. It's so, so tough uh, cutting, you know, um, but uh, you know, you're on the call. You're on the call on Monday, and you're like, ah, oh, you know, it's so hard only eating 2,700 calories. And like, people are working up to that shit. They're like, oh my god, my oh my god, my poverty calories. Yeah, uh, I think the <laughs> I think the the point to note about me saying, you know, where we're at is a good point. And I've said this a couple of times. You know, for me, I always like to be in a point where I'm like, you know, eight to ten weeks out from being totally shredded. So if I decided today, right, I want to do a photo shoot in ten weeks. I know that I could do everything I needed to get there, but it wouldn't be too challenging. And that to me is a sort of, not that I want to do photo shoots all the time, but you know, to get super lean or finally going all there or whatever. Um, that to me is a good sort of position to be in. And I think one thing that's not spoken about often enough is maintenance because everybody yeah. is always trying to get leaner or trying to bulk up. Nobody's like just trying to maintain where they're at now. As I said to you, you know, the level that we're doing now, yes, albeit it is quite a high level, but it's because you enjoy the things that you're doing. So the training that you're doing, the cardio that you're doing and the food you're eating, it's not a challenge yet. So it's not a challenge yet for you to really push calories or you're not really struggling from a food perspective. Yeah. So if we just decided, look, we need to put a pause on this. We need to just maintain at this level. You could do it. And you, yes, you would still make progress, albeit it would be slower in whatever direction that you were going. But the the way that you are at the minute in terms of lean upper body and muscular and still lean through, you know, where your abs are coming out, you could literally, you could live like that day to day. And that's yeah. why I always think about the, you know, the longevity of this and doing something that's sustainable and something that's long term. Yeah. And even days that I have like non-training days, uh, you know, for once uh, a week, once was just once a week, but it's 2,300 calories. Right. And I have no issues hitting that, you know, at all. Now, I don't think I would be able to to have the same level of energy that I would have, you know, on, on training days, which is why we keep the calories a little bit higher there. But uh, I have no issues hitting, you know, 23, 2,400 calories, you know, a day without, you know, I don't feel like I'm immensely starving or things like that. And feeling hungry is fine. Like, I, I don't mind feeling hungry. The starving aspect is, you know, like, oh, man, I need to eat something because my body's actually asking for it. I think it's the difference, you know, that you circle in your body is, you know, is my is 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 this my habit asking me to eat because I feel like I need to eat to fill myself up? Or is this my body asking me, listen, I need more right now in order for me to to, to be able to do what you want me to do? And, and those yeah, are two distinct it's, it's feelings. Yes, yeah, it's, it's psychological hunger versus actual yeah. physical hunger. So psychological, if you've had lunch at the same time every day for the past 35 years, at lunchtime, you're going to feel hungry because your body's like, oh, well, I need to, you know, I need yep. to eat food because it's lunchtime. Whereas that feeling actually versus being actually hungry is an entirely different feeling. So being able to recognize and separate the two, I think is an important one as well. And that's the, the fasting conversation that we can go into a different time. Yeah. And that's, um, you know, again, we'll talk about fasting. We've talked about it a few times in the thing, but some great benefits for that, for your body to clean up and those types of things. Not from a diet perspective. I don't recommend it as a, as a mechanism for diet, but the benefits you get for, for time. Well, when you said, you said a couple, you said a couple weeks ago and I was kind of proud because you said window eating. And I was like, he's not saying it. I did. I was going to say window eating. I was just going to say that. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, 
even even changing that perspective because the internet tells us that intermittent fasting is the only way to go. And actually, full disclosure, I saw somebody I follow on Instagram talk about how intermittent fasting is the be all and end all, and you have to do it to lose weight and blah 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 blah. And it fucked me off no end because it's a person that I know well. They could have just come to me and spoke to me about advice, but they're doing this fucking intermittent fasting, but whatever. Um, it actually poked the bar enough that I did a rant about it on Instagram. But anyway, um, mm-hmm. because it's labeled as a, as a diet and it seems yeah. to be the only way, detaching from that and just talking about window eating in terms of I just eat between this time and this time, yeah. it doesn't need to be labeled as a diet as such. No. No, it's a, it's a framework. Right? It just has cal- counting calories and everything else is right. And I think, you know, for me, my my window eating is between eight p.m. and ten a.m. So I try not. And it's not one hundred percent every time, but I try. You know, you know. So it, you know, eight p.m. I'm done eating. You know, ten a.m. I start eating again, and and that that window is good enough for me to get a decent fasting state and for, you know for my body to kind of clean itself up. And is it as extreme as the four hour windows? Which there's some studies that show the four hour eating windows are are detrimental. Uh, to your health on that side. So you want to definitely kind of keep it there, but it's not, you know, it's, it's a framework that you can live by that, that supports your lifestyle. That is something that you're doing to optimize yourself. Right. And the only reason I'm doing intermittent fasting is to optimize myself. It's not because I'm scared that I'm going to eat too much after eight o'clock at night. It's, I feel better when I, when I, when I have a little bit of time of, of where my body has time to digestive wise, uh, everything else to kind of recoup and to clean itself up and to, you know, um, be mentally alert. Like I feel, when I do orange theory, I do it on a fasted stomach uh, and I do it and it feels great. I feel, I love doing cardio on a fasted stomach uh, training. I prefer to eat, you know, beforehand with resistance training for that, that energy, you know, expenditure. But, you know, these are all things that I think, you know, you can accomplish and it's not, you know, going through those. But the last thing I want to hit on, um, you know, on this before we, we close the podcast out is if you uh, were going to go to a personal trainer what are the, the the top five things that you would look for in a trainer? I know we've covered some of these in the podcast, but what would you look for um, in a trainer for for success? Um, not in any particular order, but definitely if they actually live the life themselves. And I'm not saying that all coaches or personal trainers need to be shredded all year round. I'm not saying that in any way, shape, or form. But I definitely think that they need to have been through some sort of journey transformation or as robert said in the call the other day training adventure i was like i think i like that one better than journey and to show that they actually can can understand what it is like like the mental barriers that come along with it like the physical changes all those sorts of things as i said you know i'm not expecting coaches or or trainers to be run about shredded all year all year round but i definitely think you know someone who looks after themselves and actually lives and breathes the things that they say because they need to believe in it in themselves and um, the other thing is, you know, referrals or testimonials. I don't think it necessarily needs to be transformations. And this is something I've actually tried to stay away from as much as possible as a coach. Yes, by all means, you know, whenever you share it, I'll reshare it. But I'm not in the business of putting up two pictures beside each other to try and, you know, make a sale or whatever it is. It's your journey and it's yours to share. It's not about me and it's not about that. But if you can have, you know, <laughs> testimonials or people or reviews or whatever it is backing up the person the service um then i think that that's that's definitely a good a good go to getting a bit of an understanding about them as a person so i think one of the best things about this podcast is it's giving people an understanding as me as a human versus you know reading twitter or reading instagram or reading it yeah. like you can get my personality more because i'm having a conversation and i speak i speak to people all the time like it's so funny actually talking to you because you're the same on the podcast as you are now having this conversation. And I think 
getting to know the person as a person um, is definitely a big one as well because you need to be in line with that person or it's just never going to work. The other thing would be, uh, I guess, their style of training because there's so many different ways to look at training now. You know, do they come from a bodybuilding background? Is it like CrossFit wad style stuff? Is it cardio based? You know, is it specific to your goal? So if you want to run a marathon, you're not going to go to a bodybuilding coach for that. So it needs to be someone who's in line with, with that as well. And I think the biggest one probably is somebody who actually gives a shit. And I, I always remember the gym that I went to before the gym that I worked in. So they're both gym code. One was Infinity and one was in Cityside, which is going to mean nothing to anybody who's listening. But anyway, <laughs> they... I remember there was a guy there and I always used to see him coach people and genuinely it was as if they were the only two people in the room and that to me was the perfect way to coach because there could be a fucking fire, somebody around running around topless, there could have been anything going on that didn't matter because he was just there with that person and I think that shows a level of commitment to, you know, that person is paying you for that hour yeah. or for whatever the service is and I think, you know, somebody who genuinely gives a shit um, is, is hard to beat in my opinion. Well, I think that helps with the consistency. Five, did I think you got five in there. Yeah. I, you know, I yeah. think, I think the consistency piece is, is important in there. You know, if you have somebody that is investing in you, you're equally invested in yourself. Right. And I think that's the big key difference here. You know, a lot of people have trouble getting off, uh, you know, getting out of bed and getting to the gym and those types of things, but someone that can hold you accountable, you know, to their check-ins, to making sure you're hitting your goals and objectives. And if you're not, you know, you, you get an earful from Ben you know, of, of why you're not, you know, aren't hitting those. I, I got nailed on sleep a couple of weeks ago and he's like, listen, you, we just got done with the freaking podcast talking about sleep and you had a, a shitty week in sleep. I'm like, you're right. You're absolutely right. So I, I tried better last week. Now this week's not gonna be as good, but, uh, you know, I try, I try, I try. Um, you know, so, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's having the accountability, I think for me, that has been such a, a game changer in, in success in my journey. Right. And, and, uh, you know, yesterday is another great example. Um, you know, I, I did orange theory in the morning and then I got so busy with everything else. I normally do orange theory Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but because of the snowstorm we had here, it got canceled. So I did it Tuesday. It jacked up my whole schedule because I have like my, my calendar specifically planned to like the, 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 to the T. So me having to go orange theory, I can't do orange theory, then go right into lifting. I don't have the energy for that. I have to recoup and then do it in the afternoon. And, um, and so I couldn't do it in the afternoon because I had a bunch of stuff going on. So I did it at night and I, and I hate, 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 hate lifting at night. I hate it. I, 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 I don't, I, if you listen to the Huberman Labs podcast, ah, we almost got through the whole, whole podcast. Um, the Huberman Labs podcast, you know, our bodies have this, this circadian rhythm and circadian rhythm is, is our, our body's clock, internal clock. And usually at the nighttime, our body starts to wind down, you know, um, our system so that we can start to prepare ourselves to sleep and to regenerate and all that other stuff. And so, you know, f you know, to, to get the energy level that you need at night is very difficult. You know, I, I, Luckily, you know, as soon as I start sweating, I, my mind fi finally flips and I was doing some, some great workouts yesterday, but I don't enjoy doing it. So, but I wasn't going to miss a workout one because, you know, I, I it's, it's, I'm never missing a workout. I'm just not doing it. Um, unless I'm hurt or something like that. But two, you know, I knew Ben would give me shit afterwards too if I, did, if I missed the workout. So it's like that accountability aspect, I think is a big deal um, in a lot of this in your success in your journey when you're going through personal trainers. And, you know, when we're talking about podcast topics, the reason why I wanted, you know, I talked to Ben last week about this. I'm like, hey, we should really do a, a segment on personal trainers. And, and it wasn't to promote Ben and, and Ben's way of thinking or those types of things. It was really to explain, like, you know, we look at fitness as something that you can Google. We look at fitness as something you can buy as a pill. We look at fitness as something that, you know, you can accomplish through a diet. 
and the truth of the matter is that's all wrong, right? Um, there's no magic pill. There's no magic diet. There's no, you know, magic way of doing this thing. It's it's through hard work, consistency, and effort that this all comes through in this lifestyle. But it's it's a you know, if you listen to our previous podcast on habits, it's about building these small habits. And you can't build those habits, in my opinion, unless you either a have figured out the right approach for yourself and the right structure to put in place, which takes a lot of work, or you work with a personal trainer to build those habits out so that you can start to be successful in this journey. And, and I've never been successful in this journey until I'm with through a personal trainer. And I'm not saying that you can't. I know a lot of folks that have been able to do this without a personal trainer. For me, this is the best solution. I can't for me. either. Like full disclosure, yeah. I, I can't. Like I need someone to be accountable to you. And I should know. Like I know all the things. I live yeah. and breathe it. I tell you guys all the fucking time. But I need a coach as well. Like I need that accountability as well. And that's something yeah. that you know people don't understand. But like, but you're a coach and you have a coach. And I'm like, yeah, of course I fucking do because I, yeah. you know, I'm a human as well. So like, it's I, funny you, you mentioned that. Accountability. It's funny you mentioned that because when when I first started coaching with you, you had mentioned how you had another coach. I'm like, wait, my coach has a coach? I didn't, I didn't even know that was a thing. Like that, I, like you know, like like. But that, I mean, it, it it makes perfect sense. We all have to be accountable in some way, shape, or form. And you're accountable for your your tribe and your group that you work with on a regular basis and you have somebody that holds you accountable to maintain what you practice and what you preach right and that's i think all the things that checks and balances that make this a successful program with personal trainers is that you know for one you know do you go to a doctor that is morbidly obese and is telling you to go on a diet no like it's not that's not you know like i'm not going to take that seriously because you don't know how to you know control yourself but you know you're physically fit um you know you you practice what you preach you know and and you know you go through your struggles too like because you're human and you know all of those things are things I think that that make this a successful journey because you go through the same struggles that we do. You've already been through the same struggles that we have, and you're learning every day. We're learning every day. You're learning from other people. It's this this community effort to make this a successful approach. And I think you know, that, at least for me, if you if you have the ability to invest in a personal trainer, at least short term, just to get you under control. I, I if you can do it long term, it's that's much more desirable. But it's something you should absolutely look at for the success and the, the journey out there. Yeah, somebody asked me this morning. Um, you know, whenever I was I was talking to them about coming on work coaching, he was like, "Look, I hope you don't mind me asking, but why is the cost what it is?" And you know, I'm I'm fully aware that it's it's not cheap, and I totally get that. And my response is the what I find over time is the more skin in the game, as it were, that you have as a client, the better a result that you would get. So if you're paying, you know, fifty dollars a month or whatever else. You're not going to be as committed as if you're paying more than that. And I have found that over time that as, you know, my services have advanced and as my prices have increased, the people who were paying the higher price get a better result. And yeah. obviously that's what you want. You want to get the, the best result possible. And the funny thing about you saying about the coach, I actually heard an, an analogy the other day about if you're a musician, say, and you're learning to play the guitar, whenever you start to learn, you play other people's music. So for me, from a coaching perspective, whenever I started coaching, I was coaching the way I was coached. So for me, my coaching needs to evolve. So that's why I still work with a coach because their coaching evolves. So if you imagine being a musician, you play other people's music until you find a way that you can create and play your own music. And that's basically the way that I look at, at what I do. Like I'll go to other coaches, I'll learn from them, whether it's courses, seminars, working with them on a one-to-one -one basis. And I think, like you said, I'm a human as well and I need, I need that level of accountability. Well, one thing I'll say, uh, Chris is another example. We'll close with this. Um, you know, when Chris uh, first asked me about you and like, you know, why you go with him and everything else, and told him the price, he's like, "Man, that seems kind of kind of pricey." I'm like, 
dude, it, you know, it's, it's not cheap, but you're getting somebody that is literally dedicated to you all the time. Like you can text at two o'clock in the morning that you can go through your struggles and tribulations. You can do all this that plans your food, that plans your, you know, not the actual food you eat, but the, the, the nutritional aspects of what you should be eating, the workout routines, your check-in process, the data tracking, the once a week check-ins, the community that you get along with it. And, and, uh, he, uh, he messaged me, you know, I think it was like three or four months later. And he's like, man, Ben really needs to increase his prices because like there's, 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 he does so much shit for us that it's crazy. I can't even believe this. I'm like, dude, I know, right? You know, it's like, yeah, you know, yeah. so once yeah. you get down to it, you're like, holy shit, like this, you know, this is, this is awesome, you know, of what, what we get. It's the LeBron James, uh, you know, personal concierge service, uh, in, in all of this that, uh, I think has, has really helped out a lot. But I honestly, it, I, I go back down to the fundamentals of you care, right? And, and, there, there's no price that is too much for that, that aspect of things to me. Um, and that's, you know, like, you know, I trusted sec, uh, you know, we care about our customers. We care about their success as much as we do ourselves. And so our quality of work that we produce for our customers is because of our care for our customers, but we're also not the cheapest on the market, right? Because we hire senior level resources. We hire the best of the best. We put appropriate procedures like we have an entirely dedicated QA team. We have an entirely dedicated project management team. We have, you know, peer reviews and technical reviews and we invested in programming so that, you know, we can be consistent in our reports. That's all additional overhead costs that we don't have to have as a company, but our product is better because of that. And it's the right thing to do for our customers. So we invest into that. So, you know, you, you have to look at it, uh, you know, from a perspective of if, you know, if you want that level of detail in your life, to be successful and you want all the tools necessary to be successful, you know, you, you know, it's something that you have to invest in yourself in. Right. And I think that's just the, the, the mindset you have to have on personal trainers is that, you know, again, if you can, I know there's people in different situations and stuff like that, that, you know, are, you know, are, are different, different levels of, from a monetary perspective, what they have from an income perspective and family and things like that, you know, but one thing I'll say, an investment in yourself is not selfish. Uh, an investment in yourself is your success, longevity, that you're going to be there for your family, for your kids, for your loved ones, your significant other, your partners. Um, you know, those are all things that that are noble causes to invest in yourself to be successful in this journey and to, to change and create those habits that you need to to be there for them. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think the point for me is I don't want to work with loads of people. Do you know what I mean? You're talking about Jeff Nippert sells his program for $99. You know, I'm sure there's thousands of people that pay for it, whereas... I don't want to work with thousands of people. I want to be able to answer everybody's messages, book calls whenever I need to, whatever needs to happen. And obviously I recognize that people are in, in different financial situations and that's why I created the group-based model that they don't get me as hands-on one-to-one. They get me in the group and they get me on the calls and they get me in the group chat, but not like calls like you and I would have in the one-to-one basis. So I try and create it that I have something for everybody, but it doesn't take away from a what I'm doing for you guys and b my time. I can spread it amongst everything as, as much as I need to. Yeah. Well, hey, that's a wrap. That was good. That was can good I just point out as well? We yeah. we hit two thousand followers on Twitter today. That's awesome. Hey, it's a celebration day. Yeah. That's awesome. Our yeah, numbers going is. up on the podcast side. People are sharing us around. It's funny. Uh, I got I got I got to head out, but uh, um, my my wife had recommended the podcast to somebody, and and it was and she's like, oh yeah, her and her daughter are gonna listen. I'm like, hey, just so you know, there's like f bombs that we drop every so often. She's like, you say f bombs? I'm like, yeah, sometimes. You know, like not all the time, but you know, she's like, oh gosh, okay. But uh, no, that's awesome. Two thousand follower counts. Appreciate everybody for spreading the word of us uh, and getting our names out there. You know, again, we do this uh, to help other folks out with their journeys. 
um, and to help them be successful and give them the right tools. I just had somebody message me the other day. said, you know, they did a, a, a marathon binge of all of them because there was so, such it was so good on content that uh, they cannot wait for the next next week's release. So uh, I guess we're doing something right there. And I really appreciate everybody listening in and, and tuning into us every week. Yeah, for sure. I'll catch you next week. Catch you next week. Later. Cool.